If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Saturday Night Live in Las Vegas from the Circus Sportsbook to Vsin Studio. It's the Sunday Bet Prep Show, an NFL preview for three hours tonight. Matt Humans and Scott Spritzer, and we have some great guests and some surprises uh, along the way tonight. Scott, it's just a routine NFL Saturday with the Hi. largest comeback in NFL history in the books. Oh, Matt Ryan, what a legacy. Largest <laughs> lead to be blown at a Super Bowl and now in NFL history. That's got to have its own special quarter the, in the Hall of Fame in Canton. It's oh got to have gosh. its own special quarter. But I don't put this all on Matt Ryan's shoulders. I mean, this is, you know, uh, dear Ursay, this is what happens when you hire a coach who has never coached a football game before, and all of a sudden you bring him in for a few weeks. And, yeah, it was just weird, Matt. I'm sitting there. I'm, I, I had the Colts. I think you might have had them too, but I had the Colts in the contests. And I'm just sitting there watching. I'm going to get beat by six mm-hmm. in overtime as I watch them fall apart. And the Vikings probably should have had – one more touchdown, you know, because of that one that was called back, the fumble. I'm sitting there going, I'm watching that game. I was kind of halfway paying attention when it was a blowout, doing some basketball handicapping for tomorrow. Got the game on in the background. And all of a sudden it got interesting. I saw two incredibly horrible penalties called uh, that brought back potential touchdowns. And I was looking for Angel Hernandez. You know, this guy changed sports. What's going on here? Uh, but anyway, it was a, it was a weird game, and uh, boy, it's going to be tough for the Colts to recover from from that for the next couple of games. Well, you're right about that too. The Vikings had a uh, touchdown return that was uh, blown dead by a bad whistle. Yeah, uh, you would think. So those for those who didn't watch it, and unless you've been uh, in a cave, you know that the Colts blew a 33 nothing halftime lead today, 
and lost to the Vikings 39-36 in overtime. Scott, with a 33-point lead in the NFL, with the limited number of possessions you get in a half, it would seem almost impossible to blow a 33-point <laughs> lead. But like you said, the Colts probably could have blown a 38-point lead yeah. uh, the way things went in the second half today. And when things go that badly, it's not just one guy that you uh, point the finger of blame at. It's not just Matt Ryan. It's a combination right. of clowns who allow something like that to happen, a, an historic comeback on the part of the Minnesota Vikings. There were 10 minutes to go in the third quarter, so you've already played five minutes of the second half, and they're still well ahead, obviously. It might have been 33, maybe to 7 at the time, but it was at least 33-7, to seven, if not 33 nothing still. And Indy had tackled one of the Minnesota ball carriers behind the line of scrimmage for about a three- or four-yard loss, and I jotted it down. I got, I've got to have some kind of notes for this game besides, you know, the final score when Indy <laughs> wins this one 43-10 to 10 or whatever. And so I jotted down what I heard said in the background of the broadcast. This is the seventh TFL or tackle for loss by the Indianapolis Colts so far today, and we're only five minutes into the second half. They had it going their way in the first five. I mean, it, it, was, the, it was just an epic, complete fail by the Indianapolis Colts, both sides of the line of scrimmage, the coaches, the head coach, the coaching staff, underneath Jeff Saturday. But again, when a team starts making changes to what they're doing and it's working, don't you have to adjust? And that's the part about, man, you got to hire coaches who have had coaching experience before. And Indy just looked sad for the final, what, 20 to 25 minutes of game time. No, it's crazy. The Colts, by the way, closes three and a half point underdogs. So they get to cover. No sweat if you yeah. had the Colts. <laughs> uh, I did not play the Colts. I did not bet it. Oh, okay. I did not play the Colts in the contest or anything. I was actually watching college hoops all day. I thought this game was over. Yeah. 33 nothing. I said, ah, check out. I'm going to watch college basketball. I started getting texts in the second half about the Colts. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I don't so even know why it was still on when I was working at 33-0. Right. It was just out of the background, you know, crazy. The Colts' only score of the second half came on a 52-yard field goal, and they allowed 22 points in the fourth quarter. Here's how bad their collapse was. The Vikings didn't even score in the last minute to tie the game. <laughs> they scored with two minutes and 15 seconds to go <laughs> to tie the game at 33 and actually force overtime. They won the game with three seconds left in OT on Greg Joseph's 40-yard field goal. Vikings 39, Colts 36, a routine way to, to get Saturday going here. Also, we had a, a really boring game. I mean, that was a wild game in Minnesota. Sure. How about a boring game between the uh, Ravens and the Browns? And the uh, Browns get the win and cover 13-3. to I, I couldn't keep locked into that game. I had it on. I just couldn't do it. I started watching college basketball during that game. And uh, also a little college bowl action that was going on at the same time. And I'd you know, I got a couple of TVs next to each other in the house, all that kind of stuff. I'd kind of look at it a little bit. I got to be honest with you, Matt. If I wasn't coming down to doing the show tonight, I wouldn't have watched the final three quarters of the Cleveland-Baltimore game. It, it's The thing that I take from Baltimore is that I cannot believe they're 9-5. and five. You know, they lose to – they're 9-5, and five, right? I mean, I can't believe it. I, you got to yeah, double-check it. I mean, the offense has been that bad, even with Lamar. Uh, was on the field because there's not great weaponry for these quarterbacks to work with. It's all defense, and they had a chance going into the fourth quarter to kind of steal a win. Didn't get it done because they just don't have anybody on offense. But the fact that this team is nine and five just kind of blows you away a little bit. Every week I watch them, they look like they could lose the game they're playing in. Deshaun Watson, his uh, third start for the Browns, far from spectacular, but he was okay. 18 for 28, 161 yards, and a touchdown, no interceptions. He was sacked three times. Uh, Tyler Huntley, not a capable fill-in for Lamar Jackson today. The Ravens drew, drove repeatedly yep. into Cleveland territory and came up empty. 
time know, and time again. And you mentioned Deshaun Watson, by the way. I thought even though his numbers weren't out of the you know out of this world or anything like that, I thought he was very effective when he needed to be. Right. And I kept saying, all right, he looks like he's very confident as the leader of this offense on the field. I mean, I saw him not going nuts like uh, maybe Tom Brady would at a receiver for not, not making the right cuts or the right plays. Uh, in specific, there was one situation where they had a third down around the 20-yard line of Baltimore, and he rolls out and he gets away from trouble, and he's got a receiver at about the 10-yard line, and he cuts his route off and backs out of bounds. Ball goes over his head, should have been a touchdown, and he's yelling at him, man, what are you doing? You got to keep – and I just thought that was – I'm not going to say maturity off the field yet. <laughs> That's wait, You got to wait to see it. But maturity on the field where he's telling these guys, I'm your leader, you got to start thinking, that was a real bad move by my wide receiver, it should have been a touchdown – and so I saw a lot of confidence now coming out of him and a lot of leadership. And I'm staying completely away from all the stuff that's happened off the field because, you know, we're only here basically to judge the point spread and which players can get us to that point spread. And so I just basically think about what's going on on the field. And I saw a guy who in just two weeks has matured a lot over the last two weeks as a leader for that Cleveland Browns offense. I think he's going to be good the rest of the way. So what you're saying is uh, he didn't panic and he just kind of massaged the situation. I wasn't going to go there, okay. but nice of you to do okay. so. Yeah. All right, but the <laughs> Browns get to win 13-3. to <laughs> That's a dead under the entire way yeah. if uh, you bet the total in that game. And the Browns do get the cover. Two of the three games on Saturday in the books. All right, let's look at a high-profile game on Sunday. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are they sitting on a big performance at some point? We uh, keep Scott, saying it, right? They have failed the top 22 <laughs> points in nine consecutive games. Now Joe Burrow and the Bengals, who happen to be hot right into Tampa Bay as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, can Tom Brady rise up in the uh, home dog role where he's been? he's got a great track record? He had done that many uh, opportunities as a home dog in his career, but he's got a great track record in this role. Yeah, it's a good spot for Tampa Bay as far as NFL and you know traditional situations, and they're going up against a team that's nine and two in their last eleven off of a shaky start to the season. Looking right now, since he as well equipped as anybody to make a run at the AFC Championship, but uh, that is a solid spot. Uh, but they're not playing well on offense, as you mentioned. They don't score a lot of points. They've topped twenty-two points once this season, and that was two months ago. Uh, looks like Chase is fine, uh, but a couple of wide receivers for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals are banged up, including Higgins. Got the hammy and, of course, mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd with the finger, but they're both expected to play. I would probably have jumped on this, and I'm prob- this is going to be the week that I kick myself for not jumping on Tampa Bay. One of the reasons I didn't is because of the injury to Vita Vea and, of course, Demel Dean. He's another uh, defender who's going to be out for this game. They've got a couple more. And I kept thinking all week, man, I want to play Tampa Bay here at the same time. If I was a fantasy football guy, if I played fantasy football, I might be starting Joe Mixon if he was on my roster this week because yeah. they should be able to run the football. So I kind of lean towards the under. I think the clock's going to move a little bit in this. I don't know that the Buccaneers can finally find what they need to do on the opposite side of the football. If you said I had to play this right now, I would say give me the points with Tampa Bay. It's that kind of spot. I don't blame anybody for playing Tampa Bay. It would be the Buccaneers are nothing for me in this game as far as the side with the lean towards the under, which is what right around 45 or so. I'm a glutton for punishment. All right. Uh, yeah. I played the Bucks last week. <laughs> Get your brains bashed in. Come right back and do it again. Uh, how about Tom Brady as a home dog in his career? 11-1 and one against the spread, winning nine of those 12 games outright. There you go. Got to take a shot. I took the three and a half with the Buccaneers. You know, a lot of times in NFL handicapping, we talk about this. What you saw the previous week, you kind of have to forget it and bet the opposite the next week. <laughs> True. And I just, I just <laughs> got a feeling that the Buccaneers are finally going to show up. It's a up. good spot. It I don't is. A, it's you. a really good spot for the Bucs. 
and uh, I had to take the three and a half here. I was this close. I was that close to grabbing Tampa Bay, and I still might do it. It's still a, it's still three and a half, right? I mean, so it's a situation where I might do it. The one thing that scared me also about the Buccaneers, of course, it came against San Francisco last week, was that they gave up a ton of yardage uh, on play action stuff. They were like nine yards per pass San Francisco got against them. Uh, they won't see that as much this week against Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Uh, real quick on this one, last week, uh, my buddy Al McMorty and I both had over 37 and a half. You'll remember me kind of talking about oh, it, yeah. thinking that I thought it should have been about 40 and a half. And of course, uh, it's 35 nothing uh, early in the third quarter. And we're both in the fourth quarter going, holy crap, this might stay 35 nothing. <laughs> this, this ain't as bad of a beat as if you had Indy on the money line today. Uh, but it was a situation where we finally got a fortunate touchdown out of Tampa Bay to push it over that total. 35-7, to seven, that was the Buccaneers' loss at San Francisco. The Bengals have won five in a row, Scott, to get to 9-4. and four. Uh, Your quick thoughts on the Bengals, and um, are they playing their best football right now? Yeah, I mean, it's they look as legitimate as anybody in the AFC. Obviously, Kansas City you throw into the mix there, and you know, the Buffalo Bills, and, and maybe Miami, if Tua could throw the football a little bit better than he has the last couple of weeks before this game against Buffalo. But uh, I do, I think they're legit. Uh, they're able to get it done on the defensive side of the football. And again, I like a guy like... I love having a third option like Tyler Boyd for your quarterback. I mean, he's just that guy that brings it every day. He's got a fantastic attitude. I think since he's the favorite coming out of the AFC right now, now they could get shocked by Tampa Bay tomorrow, and I'll still think that they're the best team in the AFC right now. All right, Zach is back as the Jets' starting quarterback. Scott Spritzer, we know he's a huge fan of Russell Wilson. Does he believe in (laughs) Brock Purdy? We'll find out next. Uh, Stay tuned here on the Sunday Bet Prep NFL Preview Show. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Businessweek, Fortune, and Wired, 
And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, welcome back to this segment of Sunday Bet Prep, presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. The surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or don't provide the satisfaction you're looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco-free, plus it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store near you at zen.com, Z-Y-N.com today. Warning, this product contains nicotine, which is an addictive chemical. Scott Spritzer, Matt Eumann's back here, Sunday Bet Prep. Scott, last night after the Friday show, we're up at the Legacy Club atop the uh, Circa. Awesome place if you ever come here. You have to go check out the bar on the roof. And uh, Bill 80 of uh, V Sin was stuffing those Zen pouches in his uh, lip. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right, Aquita. <laughs> we, don't, we don't just promote it. We have guys here go. who are users and enjoy the product. <laughs> hey, we have a loaded show tonight. Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director, on with us in about 15 minutes. Will Hill, V Sin analyst. Adam Hill, Las Vegas Review Journal NFL writer. Dave Koken. Woo, professional handicapper to talk a little college football bowls. And we have some surprise guests that are going to be in studio tonight, so stay tuned uh, for that. All right, Scott, let's talk Lions and Jets. And we've seen a, a favorite flip in this game and a little bit of line move. It, we're not crossing key numbers here, but in the Lions-Jets game, Zach Wilson is back as the Jets starter. And uh, the Jets are 7-6, and six, the Lions are 6-7, and seven, and these two teams are in the playoff hunt. Yeah, I'm looking at this and at this game, and of course the Lions are now favored, as you mentioned. But uh, man, just game manage, game manage the offense and the defense is good enough to win this game. If you're the New York Jets, don't make a bunch of mistakes, don't try to force things. If you're Zach Wilson, problem was last week, uh, 
they only reached the red zone twice right. in that game last week, and and that was it. They covered thanks to a block punt for a safety. I had the other side. I was real thrilled. Uh, the Jets have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They slammed the door on the Bills last week. Uh, they did come up with four sacks. They had 18 pressures on Josh Allen in that contest. And opposing quarterbacks don't even want to throw the football near Sauce Gardner. I mean, he's been fantastic already mm-hmm. in his young NFL career. 18 passes broken up, 54 tackles. And again, you just try to keep the football away from wherever he is uh, positioned on the field. I, I like the Jets' defense here. And it was going to be probably like a mid-level type of play for me uh, if it wasn't for Mac, um, Mike White getting injured. Uh, but I still kind of like him. I still think they're going to be sneaky good here. And Detroit hasn't hasn't exactly faced stout defenses in this run that they're on. I know Jared Goff has played well. Kind of root for Jared Goff unless I'm going against him after all the stuff he went through and he's improved his game. But they played one decent defense over the last six games. That was the Bills around Thanksgiving, around Thanksgiving, and they, uh, they lost that game. They were outgained by 80 yards. So this will be a test for Goff, the Detroit offense, that streaked the run finally against a halfway decent defense. Pretty good defense at that. Here at Circus Sports, this number, well, it actually opened pick. It went to Jets minus one and a half. Right now it's Jets minus one, total of 43 and a half. The total has dropped four points from 47 and a half. Mike White has fractured ribs, and uh, he's not going to make the start. He was uh, injured in that 20-12 to 12 loss at Buffalo a week ago. Uh, he is 1-2 in his two starts, 22 points per game. Zach Wilson's actually 5-2 and two in his seven starts, yeah. but they did not win those five games because of Zach Wilson. No. <laughs> uh, he had four TD passes and completed 56% of his passes in those seven starts, and he had that pathetic 77-yard performance against the uh, Patriots on November 20th. Uh, but now he's back, and uh, I passed on this game, yeah. Scott. I just... Uh, did not have a firm opinion on either side, and uh, this did not come really come close to making my card. I wanted to play the Jets, but not with Mike White's sideline. And you mentioned he had nothing to do with those five wins, but he had everything to do with the two losses uh, that he's had when you talk about Zach Wilson. so And, and the Patriots just had his number. But uh, I think Detroit's vulnerable here if Wilson can just game manage, not try to do too much, and not make dumb mistakes. But the problem is that's Zach Wilson. He'll make your dumb mistakes. He'll try to do too much. Mm-hmm. So I had a pass also. Yeah, I agree with your analysis there, by the way. Uh, how about Brock Purdy? He has not been making dumb mistakes since he stepped in as a 49ers quarterback in relief of Jimmy Garoppolo, then as the starter in the last two games against the Buccaneers and the Seahawks. Uh, actually, Thursday night, the Niners put away the Seahawks 21-13. to And uh, Brock Purdy, again, a solid game, Scott, where he mm-hmm. looked like a guy who was not the last pick of the NFL draft. He looked like a guy who was, you talked about a confident quarterback running an offense. That's what Brock Purdy looks like so far. Passed for 217 yards and two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, a big game on the ground with 108 yards on 26 carries. But the Niners' defense really made the difference in this game. Mm-hmm. 21-13, the Niners got the win on the road, and I think you have to come away impressed with Brock Purdy just because he doesn't seem – rattled out there at all. And like you said, you and I were talking off the air, he is in the perfect situation, the perfect offense to succeed, right? Yeah, absolutely. A good friend of mine for 20 years now, and I do his radio show in Phoenix, is a guy by the name of Dan Manucci, who is a quarterback whisperer, as we like to call him. He has a a camp in in the Phoenix area where he works with a lot of these quarterbacks. He was a quarterback for Kansas State in the 70s and uh, spent a little bit of time with the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots in the NFL. And then I think he went on in the early 80s to – have a real good run with the old Arizona Wranglers of the first uh-huh. iteration of the USFL. Uh, but he worked with Brock Purdy, and he told me 
after Jimmy G got injured and he told me going into Brock Purdy's first start, he goes, watch this kid. He goes, he's got the quick footwork that it takes to run this San Francisco offense, the style of passing game. Not necessarily, you know, you got to pull the ball down and run 15 times a game, but quick footwork to go through your progressions real fast, which is what Shanahan and San Francisco does. He goes, so his footwork's a little bit better than Jimmy G. He can run the football. We saw that one touchdown run last week where he ended up pulling it down. He made a couple of the guys miss, about a 15-yard run or whatever uh, for the score. But what I like about him is he's smart, and he doesn't make mistakes by trying to do too much. Like we just talked about Zach Wilson being the opposite. When I look at Brock Purdy and the way San Francisco is winning these games, it almost kind of, maybe not the same style, obviously, and not the same style of quarterback, but it kind of reminds me of Tomlin in Pittsburgh when Big Ben, when Roethlisberger was, was really playing well and the Pittsburgh Steelers were beating everybody. About 25 passes a game or thereabouts, give or take a couple. Run the football, play action, tight end usage, and the occasional deep throw. That's basically San Francisco on the offensive side of the football and an incredible defense to back it up. So he just needs to keep doing that game manage, play within himself. He understands, obviously, what they're trying to do like that. I mean, right off the off the bench in his first start. So mm-hmm. I like San Francisco to keep going. Having said that, I had Seattle the other night. I thought it was a really good spot for them, Matt. And I was going to you know, mention to you that maybe Seattle is starting to play the way they thought, the way we thought they would before the season began. Not that bad but it's kind of slowly getting there. Yeah, the Seahawks are back to uh, 500 at 7-7 seven and seven after losing two in a row. Uh, I actually was on the Pro Football Betting Podcast here at VSIN on uh, for Thursday's game, and I said I had a half unit on the Seahawks plus 3.5 and, and a half unit under the total of 43. So busted out, split out on yep. that game. But the, uh, I thought the Seahawks were going to be live dogs. They really so didn't did show up. Yeah. You, you know, they didn't. The game wasn't that close, Scott, because it's 21-13. But Geno Smith threw a pick that was returned for a touchdown. The pick six was wiped off the board by a penalty sure. when the refs were trying to keep the game close. <laughs> I like that. When they're try- <laughs> hey, they're trying to help us out, Matt. Listen, I, I was all for it. You know, I never felt during that game. I was all for it, too, because it helped it stay under the total well, as well. Well, there you go. Yeah. I, I was sitting there you know, kind of watching it, and at no, po- no point of that football game do I remember thinking I had a chance to cover. Right. And then I thought it's going to take some real lucky break here to be able to cover this spread. Of course, that never happened. But uh, the right team, if you handicapped San Francisco, you not only got the win, but you were on the right side throughout the contest. And and uh, anyway, so, yeah, I think Seattle, boy, I'm going to look at you know their schedule the rest of the way and decide if I'm going to be playing against them a little bit. You don't want to put too much into one game, but this has been a few games now that Seattle's starting to slip up a little bit. We talked about uh, David Carr landing in the right spot <laughs> or the wrong spot. David Carr was the number one overall pick by the Houston Texans in 2002. He landed in the wrong spot. Yeah, got absolutely. Der- Der- David Carr <laughs> on NFL Network talking about Brock Purdy and what he sees. Say it starts with why you even draft him, and why did they draft or pull draft Brock Purdy out of the litter, basically, like last guy? Why did they do it? Because he's excellent. Like, and I, I don't underestimate the excellent, excellent at getting through progressions. Like, he's got a ton of confidence. His teammates obviously love him. He carries himself perfectly for a quarterback, especially for a young quarterback. But he is so good for this system. And that's why they grabbed him, because he can get through his progression. So you do that, right? So you make him confident there. He feels confident in the system. Then you put big-time players around him. Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. Right? Offensive system puts you in position to get those guys the ball in space. All you have to do is be a point guard, right? And then you say that, then you watch him play, and he's going above and beyond the X's and O's at times, right? He's making these nice reads, but there's times where he's got to step in, make a throw like that with pressure in his face, and you just you keep instilling confidence by making plays for him. 
and then the defense, right? That, and that's the thing that we underestimate sometimes. You get these young guys that are on the practice squad, and they're battling good defenses all year. Th- that develops chemistry with those guys. So if you do have to step in and play in that situation, now the defensive guys, you're not a stranger to them. They're pulling for you also, and you also give that team hope. And so all that stuff, you guys, you build off of each other. You grow confident in each other, and that's, that's really what it's all about. Yeah, people, uh, a lot of people I heard who made 49ers futures bets, and I did too, thought they were screwed when Jimmy G went down. What, what are they going to do now? <laughs> Can they bring Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees out of retirement? Uh, they don't have to. They've got Brock Purdy, who's uh, just fine, and I thought David Carr explained it well, why he's going to be successful in that system. Uh, stay tuned. Come back. We have Chris Andrews of the South Point Sportsbook on deck. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network. VEASAN is a gift that keeps on giving. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber for only $79 and get access to everything we do from now through the big dance in March. Sign up today and you'll also receive $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other gear at the online store. Only VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosting guests. You get betting splits, you get deep dive, deep dive betting reports, the college bowl coverage, and best bets on every bowl game. This is a limited time offer. Sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift and get VSIN Pro access all the way through March Madness. VSIN.com slash subscribe. All right, back on the Sunday Bet Prep Show. Scott Spritzer, Matt Humans, and Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director, with us tonight. Uh, Chris, were you in the book today during the Colts <laughs> collapse with the 33-point uh, halftime lead that turned into a win for the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, I was in the book, yeah. It was uh, <laughs> pretty crazy, I got to tell you. You know, we needed – it was one of those weird games. We kind of needed the Vikings to cover uh, – but we had so much parlay action with the Vikings, it really kind of didn't matter. Uh, but it was just a great game to watch, and the crowd was going crazy. So it was uh, pretty exciting to be there. We really didn't need much at all, though, i got to tell you. What was the live line when it was 33 nothing with five minutes into the third quarter already gone? I mean, oh <laughs> I yeah. forgot to look. You know, I, have other, I, I have my other guys do the live betting, so I don't know. <laughs> we did a lot of business, I can tell you that, but I really wasn't following it that closely. All right, uh, follow Chris on Twitter at Andrews Sports. We had a uh, pretty interesting game in uh, Las Vegas on Sunday afternoon. This was supposed to be Sunday night football. It got buried on the afternoon schedule with the Patriots and Raiders underachieving at this point. Chris, I was out at the South Point Sportsbook in the middle of the week or early in the week, and you had the Patriots as one-point favorites. Now the Raiders are one-point favorites. Have you seen heavy betting on this game? Do you need a side uh, between the Patriots and Raider, Raiders at Allegiant Stadium tomorrow. Yeah, right now we need the Patriots pretty good. Uh, you know, they they took the plus one on the Raiders, and they take them. They took them at pick. Uh, now we're Raiders one. We are starting to get back some Patriots money at plus one, and uh, you know I got an even money on the money line, so we're getting some money back. But right now, I mean, if they're gonna if they were to kick off now, that'd be uh, one of my bigger decisions of the day. I'd need the Patriots. I'm seeing some big tick accounts at some shops, Jacksonville plus the points over Dallas, which doesn't make me feel too good, Chris, uh, being a Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> ticket holder right now. But uh, are you seeing the same thing at the South Point? And, and you know, where is the liability in that game? Is it as big on Jacksonville at the South Point as it is in other shops? 
Uh, no, it's not that big. And matter of fact, uh, the money, well, money-wise, we, we, again, if they kicked off right now, we would probably need the Cowboys. But there's so many parlays and everything else going with the Cowboys. I'm looking at my ticket count. Um, it just keeps growing uh, in favor of the Cowboys, or not in favor, depending on how you look <laughs> at it, I guess. Uh, a little over two and a half to one in favor of the Cowboys right now. But the money's on the Jags. You know, and that, that's usually a pretty good tip-off. Uh, I mean, it doesn't hold up all the time. But, uh, and, you know, if you're, if you're a Jaguar better, I think that's probably a pretty good sign. Well, you wonder if the Cowboys and the Eagles are looking ahead to Christmas Eve in Dallas when they play each other. High stakes in that NFC East game. What about the Eagles this week, Chris? In the second of three consecutive road games, nine-point favorites in Chicago. How do you think this game is going to be better? How, how has it been bet so far? Well, it's very similar to that Cowboy game. You know, the money is on the Bears, uh, but the ticket count, he's probably even more so. You know, probably a little more than three to one in favor of the Eagles in this one. But the bigger money definitely on the Bears. You know, we had it nine and a half. They took the nine and a half. Now at the nine, we're we're getting uh, you know pretty pretty even action at the nine. Uh, you know, I had it nine and a half really for some teaser protection more than liking inside. I really don't like anybody here. But uh, just some teaser protection. But it's, at some point, they just took so much nine and a half off me that I did have to go to nine with it. Where I'm sitting right now, I'm starting to get some eagle money back. Um, you know, definitely could see nine and a half again. Uh, we'll see what uh, what the what the wise guys want to do if they want to take the nine. Public's definitely on the Eagles. I can tell you that. So we'll see where we're going to go with this thing tomorrow. Where do you expect to be? Uh, what position are you going to be taking in that Sunday night football game? I mean, half a season ago, we weren't expecting this to be. Uh, a big game, a marquee game, but it is so uh, in the NFC East. Yeah. And you're looking at Washington being about a four-and-a-half, uh, five-point favorite at home to the Giants. You know, Scott, I opened this game five. I thought that was a good number. And so far, I haven't moved at all. Uh, you know, that you know ticket count, I mean, remarkably close within like 30 different tickets. You know, so really, really close. Money very similar. Maybe a little bit more on the Giants, but not much. And uh, the money line, I don't think I've moved that either. I'm using the 220-190. Really good two-way action on that. Again, ticket count, you know, pretty similar there. Uh, so right now it looks like a really well-bet game. You know, sitting on a five, you know, uh, you know, relatively dead number. Not as dead as it used to be, but relatively dead still. So I'm hoping I don't have to move the number. Uh, I haven't moved it yet. Hopefully that will continue. But uh, that, I think it's uh, going to be a real good betting game for us. And, uh, you know, I really don't like anybody. I thought five was the right number, and uh, hopefully I won't have to move it. We'll get plenty of action both ways, and we can just sit there and just root for whoever we wind up needing. Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director. Chris, your, uh, your Steelers are dead in terms of the playoffs after they, uh, <laughs> after they came up short last week at home against the Ravens. Now they're on the road, and uh, they are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at your book. Uh, DraftKings, the number is three. How about Steelers, Panthers, and do you think the Steelers team uh, is going to be live down the stretch, or did they uh, pretty much, I guess, shoot themselves in the foot with that loss a week ago to Baltimore? Well, well, first of all, thanks for the salt in the wounds, Matt. (laughs) Uh, I think you were prepared for it. You can handle it. (laughs) Well, and then you see that Raven performance today. You say, how how does does the Steelers not beat this team? (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, it looks like Trubisky now will be the starter. He was sharing first-team reps with Mason Rudolph, who they said looked pretty good in practice. But I guess that uh, Tomlin's going to go with Trubisky one more time. Um, 
you know, the money did show uh, on, well, it's a funny game. We opened the game two. They laid me the two. I went to three with it when it was announced that Pickett was out. And we sat there at three for a while. And then when the, the Trubisky announcement came today, they wound up taking the three off me. So right now I'm pretty high on the Steelers. You know, we do everything at 11 at 10. So, uh, I mean, if I didn't, I'd probably be with, uh, I'd probably be at three with maybe juice on the dog or two and a half with juice on the favorite, but we're just a two and a half flat. I have a feeling we might get back to three on this game because they, they are laying the two and a half with me. Uh, but you know, right now we'll see what happens. I don't know if they have any firing them down the stretch or not. Uh, you know, the Panthers, Weird story, you know. I mean, they lost their best player in McCaffrey, cut the quarterback that they traded for in Mayfield, and all of a sudden they go on a winning streak, you know. So, I mean, and, and fire their coach too, by the way. So, I mean, that's just kind of a strange story, and we see these kind of things happen every so often. Uh, but I think the Panthers have a little life in them. Uh, you know, listen, once they kick off, I'm sure I'll be rooting for the Steelers a little bit. But uh, financially, I don't mind needing the Panthers in this spot. I really don't. Chris, Matt has a Buccaneers ticket in his pocket. I'm probably going to have one later tonight at plus three and a half. Uh, boy, we keep saying every week, is this the week Tom Brady is finally finally going to bust out with this offense and score some points? I think they've topped 22 points once this year. Uh, where's the action on this one? And uh, what do you like this particular game, Cincy and Tampa? It looks like a good traditional NFL spot on the home dog, but I'm not yet sure I'm going to jump in yet. Well, what's their record? ATS. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. I, mean, I know Gil. I do Gil's show every week. He's been against Tampa from week one. And I can <laughs> tell you this. He has cashed an awful lot of tickets. So uh, I don't know if this is the week or not. You know, I've they, they've fooled me a couple times this year thinking this is it. You know, you know, Scott, everything you're saying, I mean, it makes sense. You know, we, we all three of us have been doing this stuff a long, long time. This looks like the perfect spot. But it's really hard for me to believe in this Tampa team. And I think the Bengals, uh, you know, finally they're getting good offensive line play. That's what really hurt them down the stretch last year, even though they got all the way to the Super Bowl. They tried to address it in the offseason. I mean, they addressed it. It just wasn't working well. Well, now it's finally starting to work. They're giving Burrow time. I mean, the kid, I think, looks great. Um, I don't know. I mean, listen, once they kick off, I'm sure I'm going to be rooting for Tampa Bay here, but I'm not, uh, I'm not real thrilled about this position. I can tell you that, although it looks like a traditional great spot for, for the home dog here. Chris, tell me which trend means more to you. The Buccaneers uh, this season, 3-9-1 and one against the spread, including 1-9-1 and one in their last 11 games. That's the worst mark in the NFL. Oh. Or Tom Brady yeah. as a home dog in his career, 11-1 ATS. <laughs> Which one do you care more about? I think I go with the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would. What's the trend with 46-year-old quarterbacks who just got divorced and look skinny and uh, lost their coach and everything else? You know, I don't know. I think we've got to throw that trend in there, too, as part of the equation. Why do you got to pick on skinny guys, Chris? <laughs> well, because I'm not one of them. That's one of the reasons, Matt. <laughs> All right. Great. Hey, thanks for the time tonight, Chris. Always appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Great talking to you guys. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. All right. Chris Andrews at the South Point Sportsbook. Scott and I take a quick break. We come back, take a look at the primetime games Sunday night and Monday night when uh, the Rams and Packers hook up in Green Bay.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a soccer, football, hockey, or hoops better, 
BetRivers has you covered. Join every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and more. BetRivers is calling all soccer fans to head to BetRivers.com to check out the World Cup Daily Bet and Get. Again, BetRivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Scott and uh, Matt back here on um, Sunday Bet Prep. Scott, how about the World Cup Final soccer game? Who do you got, Argentina or France? Or how do you think the game's going to play out? How, how might you recommend betting it? Pretty close as far as the uh, line is concerned. I this I haven't checked since this morning, but uh, France was about a buck plus a buck seventy, and Argentina was about plus a buck eighty five or thereabouts, and the draw was a little over two bucks. And I decided to make a. It's not a big play, Matt. I decided to make a, a small to medium play on Argentina. And the main reason I was watching that, you know, I've been watching all the games obviously, and I read about all the games, and I'm watching France against England, Matt, and I saw eight shots on goal by England, by the three Lions. Eight shots on goal in a game of that magnitude is huge. It's big. Argentina, to put that into perspective, has allowed eight shots on goal in their last six games combined. And I've seen uh, France do this. They might be the best team in in the world, and they probably are, but the bottom line is, is on defense, they will take chances on offense and then on defense put themselves in a tough spot. And I thought, you know, we got the right guys – who could take advantage and to steal a hockey term every once in a while, potentially get a man advantage running down the pitch when you're able to intercept a big attack by France on France's offensive end, turn it around, go the other way, and maybe get a couple of shots on goal and put a couple into the net. So, uh, listen, again, it's it's not for the, uh, the weak-hearted, so to speak, this game, if you're going to be on a side. And I almost bet the draw, but I ended up going a three-way bet on uh, Argentina around plus a buck 85 is what I think I got. Plus 185, 180 is where the line has been most of the last couple of days. Excellent analysis, Scott. It's like you read right off my sheet here. Well, there you go, That's Matt. Exactly I was just I, trying to see if I exactly you know, was the way I handicapped close to what yeah. you wrote down on that sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Big soccer fan that you are, man. <laughs> All right, let's, let's take a look at uh, Sunday Night Football. Like I said, this was going to be the Patriots and Raiders. Uh, but we have a flip now, and it's Giants and Commanders. Uh, so the NFC East surprise teams hook up, but the Giants are fading fast, Scott. And uh, as much as I have trouble laying the points with the Commanders in a spot like this, talking about four or five point home favorites, I see too many signs from the Giants to just steer me away from the dog. And uh, the Giants uh, right now seven five and one, and these teams very quirky in the schedule. Just played two weeks ago and tied in New York. And, of course, Washington had the bye week afterwards. So exactly. they've got a little bit of extra right. time. And uh, they did sack Tyler Heineke, did the uh, Giants, five times in that game. And he was under a lot of pressure. And they've done a great job. That defensive line is one of the best when it comes to getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks, where Washington's is the opposite. They're like mm-hmm. third or fourth from the bottom of, uh, of the league when it comes to their D-line getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. So hopefully – uh, for Giants fans, they'll be able to do that again. And he's not exactly tearing it up. I know we're all kind of Heineke fans, but the guy's you know under 60% passing the last five games combined, so he's not showing a great accuracy when he's out there on the field. Uh, but, and the wins outside of the upset over the Eagles a few weeks ago haven't been exactly against great teams. Uh, they do have the advantage of of being able to have that week extra week to prepare. Uh, as far as the Giants, the last three losses, though, you know, we've talked about maybe the signs that were going against the Giants and then to this football game, but the losses came against the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the surging Lions. Yeah. You know, so it's not like they're getting beat up by some of the sisters of the poor of the NFL. The scary thing about New York is they give up a ton of yardage on the ground. 
and Washington might be able to get things going. Uh, Washington ran for 165 yards on over four and a half yards per pop in that meeting a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, I, I don't understand it. If I'm the Giants, I load up against the run. I force a sub 60% completion rate passer to beat me through the air. We've already seen them be able to get pressure on him and sack him a bunch of times. So you just kind of load up against the run, try to see if he can beat you, and and we'll see if they do that. I know divisional home teams on Sunday nights have been crazy as far as cashing tickets, 16, 6, and 1 against the spread the last 23 times, 2-0 and this year. So uh, we'll see if that keeps going, if that keeps going in that same direction, the angle on Washington. But uh, it's a tough one, man. I want to lean to the Giants. I was kind of bummed to hear that yeah. you're kind of maybe, I don't know if you're on the, the – Commanders here, but no, I'm not, sound like you no. might have been leaning that no. way. I was leaning towards. I wanted to take the points with the Giants. Did you? Okay, but I just couldn't get there. The more I looked yeah. at this game, and I was going, there's, there's too many negatives with the Giants, and uh, there are a lot of metrics that show the Giants as uh, one of the worst teams in the league You're right. right now. Yep. So I just can't get there uh, with taking the points. And uh, Brian Dable, who done such a great job with this team in the first half, uh, is having a hard time patching things together. Smoke and, and mirrors uh, only work for so long. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it kind of seems like that sort of situation, too, with the Giants. And uh, they are, by the way, 0-3-1 in division play. Um, while you were talking there, Scott, i I, I got to uh, mention what happened. Okay. So the, the Bills had a, uh, I think, a second down at the eight-yard line with eight seconds to go. They're up 14-13 on the Dolphins and uh, have a one timeout left. Josh Allen is under pressure, takes a snap and a shotgun under pressure. He starts to scramble, and the clock is going to expire. <laughs> so the Bills are not going to get a field goal before the half. Allen scrambles all the way to the sideline, throws across his body, and finds a receiver in the back of the end zone for the touchdown with no time left in the first oh, half. Man. And the Bills, in an all-or-nothing situation, get the touchdown to go up 21-13 on the Dolphins at the half. Both of us will take it, both with the <laughs> Buffalo Bills teased down to one, I think, for most right. of, for the most part. I got them a minus one, but uh, I think they're teased with every other team in the NFL for you from what you I told know. me uh, before the uh, before the show. But, yeah, I, I'm glad to hear it. I heard people cheering in the background, so I was glad something good happened. Well, I was a wild play because it looked like the Bills were going to come up empty yeah. uh, right there before the half, but Josh Allen made a heck of a play, and I got to think those sports books have a lot of teaser liability oh, on the, against yeah. the Bills. Uh, tonight. Uh, and the Packers might be a team you want to link the Bills up with, or you might have already, on Monday night. The Packers is seven, seven and a half point home favorites over the Rams. And uh, let's face it, the Rams should be riding a seven game winning uh, losing streak into this game. But they get the win over the Raiders with the uh, comeback down 16 to three, two touchdowns in the final three minutes a week ago on Thursday. And uh, the Rams now four and nine on the season. But they stopped that six-game losing streak uh, by beating the Raiders 17 to 16. Uh, I like the Packers here. I put them; they're on one of my teasers with the Bills. Uh, but I have a hard time laying the points with the Packers. Seven yeah. is just a little bit too much for me to lay. But uh, this became a pretty easy teaser decision for the Monday night game. That's my teaser with the Bills. It's the Bills to the Packers, uh-huh. and I'm sure there's a whole lot of people out there with the Bills and the Packers teased down to one each. Uh, listen, I, I just I'm watching Baker Mayfield last week, and we might even have talked about it on the show here. Uh, the guy has three bad, well, not bad, three mediocre quarters. Some little stretches where after the great start, where he's you know doing great things, and they're talking about him on the broadcast, Herb Street, I think it was, about oh my gosh, I'm just amazed at what he's doing in such a short time. I mean, he did that about a hundred times during the game. Well, after the initial uh, couple of I don't know drives and all that, he started kind of falling back a little bit. He didn't look that great. 
but apparently you can win NFL MVP of the week based on, you know, your final seven or eight minutes of a game. And he ought to share, by the way, that award with uh, Jerry Tillery, for one thing, who was, I don't think I'd ever play this guy again this season. Oh. You know, I'm, I'm a head coach. My, my job is on the line if we lose games and you're out there doing that kind of crap, knocking the ball out of a quarterback. If it wasn't for Jerry Tillery, they probably don't even get the next first down. That would have been like third and way long inside their own 20 instead of the 15-yard penalty. So anyway, I'm with you. I teased the Packers down with the Buffalo Bills, and I decided I did not want to lay the full seven points in that one. Uh, Green Bay at home, this Rams team, I'm not sure I'm going to count on Baker Mayfield to do it two times in a row. Uh, by the way, Green Bay, fifth against the pass, and the Rams can't run. That right, was the final, right. the final nail in the coffin for me to tease down the Packers with the Bills. Yeah, here, here's another thing that discouraged me from uh, laying the points with the Packers, and there's a lot of things we could talk about, but they just have not been good at covering these type of numbers. Packers are 1-6 against the spread in their last seven games as a favorite. Yep. Makes it a little <laughs> tough. You know? <laughs> and uh, Aaron Rodgers, you, you're just at this point not sure what you're going to get because he's been banged up. I do think this is a, a decent spot for the Packers. Actually, coming off the win in Chicago with a little bit of time off here, and they're they're facing a Rams team that – really is a train wreck at this point, but it also wouldn't surprise me to see the Packers and Aaron Rodgers kind of sleepwalk through this game and just win it by sure. a field goal. Or well, it, and they won't have Bakhtiari. I mean, yeah. he had the appendectomy, right. so he's probably not going to play, and Aaron Jones is expected to play, which helps, but I could very much see this being a, a, a three to six point win in that neighborhood where they look like the right side for most of the game and they end up winning, you know, uh, 24 to 20 or something like that. So I think teasing it down is the right way to go. And I don't trust Baker Mayfield until I see him do it a few times in a row. And again, for much of that game, he looked like he should have looked, like a guy who just arrived and didn't have the playbook learned yet. Right. Uh, Circus Sports opened this number at 8. It's down to 7. Not really finding any 7.5s on the screen at this point. And uh, the total 39.5 really has not budged at all this week. So see what the weather's like uh, Monday night in Green Bay, but I, I assume it'll be cold with not much snow and that should be uh, better conditions for the Packers, you would think. Quick break. We come back. We're going to have Will Hill, v analyst, and uh, maybe a surprise here from uh, the Circus Sportsbook. So stay tuned for that. If you didn't catch the Lombardi line, here's what you missed. Coach Dayball is next. Brian Dayball stepping into Michael Lombardi's office. What would you say to Coach? Uh, I think, Brian, what we have to do is be realistic. Like, let's stop talking about playoffs. Let's start playoffs. Let's start playoffs. Let's start playoffs. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.